0: John Mark Comer is a pastor in Portland, Oregon. He has also written a few books, including one that was really well received, entitled The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Recently, because Amazon knows everything about me, it gave me a suggestion for a book that just recently came out by him based on a sermon series he did last fall. And while I haven't read the book, I did listen to a few of those sermons in the series. But the book is on discipleship, or what it means to follow after Jesus. And John Mark, based upon his research of what it looked like for someone to follow a rabbi or a teacher in Jesus's day, distills following after Jesus into three simple principles. Or commands, According to John Mark, following after Jesus means first being with Jesus, second becoming like Jesus, and then third doing what Jesus did. And the Gospel of Mark is also very conscious and concerned about this idea of discipleship or what it looks like to follow after Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but as we've moved through the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark these last few weeks, it's felt a bit like one of those, if you give a mouse a cookie books, like Mark is barely done finishing one story before he gets distracted by another and wants to tell that story about Jesus as well. And if we include today's text, we've already seen the appearance of John the Baptist as well as his arrest. Jesus has been baptized, tempted, he's called his first disciples and driven out his first unclean spirit. We've seen that Mark starts off with a bang, revealing his core belief that God is up to something new in Jesus, who is God's son, the Messiah We've heard the summary of this message that Jesus went around preaching, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has drawn drawn near, repent and believe. We've seen how the disciples left everything to follow Jesus and considered what we might need to leave behind as we begin our journey together. And last week we saw that Mark uses story after story to help his readers, most of whom were non-Jewish Christians, Understand what Jesus was like, what Jesus did and taught, and what Jesus meant when Jesus said the kingdom of God. Mark hears deeply about this question of discipleship. And as we see in our text this week, Mark draws his readers deeper into this question of who Jesus is as we begin to learn some of those core values and core things which guided Jesus throughout his ministry. Through these stories that Mark tells, we learn what Jesus was like. Our section for Mark this morning picks up where we left off last week. If you include last week's text, it presents roughly a 24 hour period of time in Jesus's life. And verses 29 through 39 could be split into four smaller scenes, each telling us something specific about Jesus. The first thing we see about Jesus is really how little he seems to care about getting famous. If you remember the end of our text last week, after healing the man with the unclean spirit, people were amazed. And in verse 28, we read that his fame began to spread throughout Galilee. And then we come to our first scene here in verses 29 through 31. After worshiping in the synagogue, Jesus and his disciples go to the house of Simon and Andrew. And when they arrive, they immediately inform Jesus, Simon's mother-in-law is sick with a fever. Now, fevers were common back then as they are today. Sometimes it was serious. Sometimes it wasn't. But Jesus immediately experiences the need, takes her by the hand, and helps her up, healing her. He sees the need and heals. He doesn't wait for the crowds to show up so they can see his power once again. If Jesus were alive today, he might have been tempted to live stream the healing on his favorite social media platform. But Jesus doesn't care about that. In fact, time and again throughout the Gospels, and particularly in the Gospel of Mark, we see Jesus healing and then asking people to remain silent about it. Or retreating from the crowds to spend time alone. Now, word did spread, and Jesus did heal in public, but not because he was searching to be famous or needed the attention, but because of his compassion for the people who came. And as people attempting to become like Jesus in the 21st century, this element of Jesus' character can sometimes feel difficult to follow. In our internet-connected world, it can be so easy to be formed by the trends of our culture, to be people searching for likes or follows or dream of getting famous on YouTube or TikTok. And yet Jesus did not get famous because he searched for In fact, so often he did these things in secret or in private. He got famous because the message he preached about the kingdom of God was a message that people longed for. They were hungry to hear. And when he saw a need, he met the needs of the people right in front of him. The second thing we learn about Jesus is how his compassion was available to all. Notice in verses 32 through 34 how after the Sabbath was over, after sundown, the people of Capernaum brought to Jesus all who were sick and all who were possessed. Everyone gathered around the door. In fact, Mark, using hyperbole as all good storytellers do, said the whole city was gathered at the door. And Jesus recognized the great need of each person brought before him and then acted with compassion as he healed. Now, we aren't told much about these people who were brought before him, only that they were in need.
1: But we can imagine
0: that these people who came had many different motives as they came before Jesus or stood at the door. Many who were gathered simply wanted something from him. They were sick or hurting. And here was this man who carried the promise of healing. And so they came wanting something from him, not because they loved him, not out of devotion to him but because they wanted something from him. Others gathered because they wanted to experience something amazing. These people remind me of the little boy in the movie The Incredibles. Mr. Incredible is this guy who is super strong, and he's trying to hide that he has these superpowers. One day he gets mad at his car, and he picks it up, ready to throw it, only to find that on the other side of his car was this little boy on a tricycle chewing bubble gum. Later on in the movie, Mr. Incredible is going back to his car, and there's that little boy right there. And Mr. Incredible's like, what are you waiting for? And the little boy's like, I don't know, something amazing, I guess. <laughs> These crowds gathered around Jesus, again, not because they loved him, not because they had devotion to him, but because they wanted to experience something we can also imagine that some gathered not because they wanted to see something amazing and not because they needed something, but some that were gathered there were skeptical. They needed more information. And if we were to continue to march through the Gospel of Mark, we'd discover that some of these people eventually grow to seek to trap Jesus. And some of them become those people who want him gone. But notice in our text about Jesus healing people, we are never told or... That he asked about the motives of these people. He didn't ask about their worth to be healed. He simply saw a need and met the need in that moment. And this was a sacrifice for Jesus to be available to these people. Remember, Jesus began his day in the synagogue to worship. Now it is nighttime, and who knows how long this line of people desiring to be healed was. There's an episode in the series, The Chosen. If you haven't watched The Chosen, I highly recommend it. It has a way of making Jesus real in a way that I haven't experienced before. And so anyway, this whole episode, you don't see Jesus till the very end. It's the disciples gathered around a fire as Jesus is off away from the camp, healing those who would come in search and in need of healing. And at one point it's starting to get late and the disciples are beginning to argue amongst each other about something silly. And at that moment when things are getting the most heated, Jesus comes walking back into the camp after healing the people. And instead of walking as someone who is full of power and strength and and command, Jesus in his humanity is walking as someone who is exhausted and sore, sweat pouring from his head. Barely able to put one foot in front of the other. Doesn't even stop to eat food. He just goes straight to bed and in fact needs help getting his shoes off of his feet. This experience would have left Jesus exhausted. Late into the night, healing person after person who came in need. But out of his great compassion, out of, for anyone who came to him, he met the needs of those people. He didn't ask about their motives, didn't ask about their worth. If they came before him in need, he did what he could to fill it. His compassion was available to all, no matter what, no matter who you were, no matter what society said your worth was, or no matter what your motivation for coming, Jesus, out of his compassion, met them where they were at. The third scene, we see Jesus, who had stayed up all night, late, healing people, giving of his time and energy, getting up early before everyone else to spend time in solitude and prayer. Jesus recognized that in his humanity, everything he was doing to minister to and serve those before him was empowered by his closeness to God, his heavenly parent. In order to cultivate that relationship, he recognized his need of guidance, his need of help, his need to leave behind all of the chaos and noise of the crowds and spend time alone with God. And Jesus would have been exhausted from the night before, but he also knows that he can't keep up that pace of ministry without these periods of being filled up by God. In our noisy and busy world, this example of Jesus invites us into the disciplines of solitude And prayer. Jesus, the very Son of God in whom humanity and divinity existed as one, knew he needed this time to fulfill and sustain him. If he needed it, how much more do we? And finally, coming out of this time of solitude and prayer, Jesus found himself being called to share his message with more people. So the disciples, after searching everywhere for Jesus, finally find him And I imagine they are excited about being part of this movement that is picking up steam and gaining popularity. And Simon comes to him and is like, Jesus, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. Let's go over here and meet them. But Jesus realizes that his mission isn't meant to be confined to one people group or one group of people, even if that group is his people. His ministry takes him out of Capernaum into the surrounding villages because he knows there are more people in need and he is called to go to minister to and preach to them as well. Jesus wasn't looking for fame. He showed compassion on all who came to him. He knew his great need for being close to God and expanded his ministry by traveling to those in need, not waiting for them to come to him. That is who this Jesus is. Is. And Mark tells these stories so that those of us who follow Jesus might be inspired by his example to become like him. To take on these values that Jesus had and to do the very same things that Jesus did. Once a month, we gather together to partake of communion as a reminder of the love and grace of God given to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus. But every time we come to the table, we not only are invited to remember Christ's death, but also to be formed by his life. Every time we come to the table, we are proclaiming our great need for God's grace and mercy and love. Every time we come to the table, we remember that God's table is open for all to come and experience Christ's compassion. Every time we come to the table, we remember that in a world that tells us to seek fame and fortune, Jesus lived a life of service and sacrifice, so much so that it led him to the cross. And every time we come to the table, we remember that the good news of God's love and deliverance is not just for those who gather in churches on Sunday mornings, but rather we are invited like Jesus to leave this place, carrying the message of God's hope and love to those When we come to the table, we are reminded of who this Jesus is and invited to become like him and do what he did. So this morning, as we remember the love and grace of God in the death and resurrection of Jesus, may we more importantly, as we come to the table, be formed by his life.